Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Mel. And I'm Trish. And this is the Don't Give a 50 podcast. Let's make getting old the new gold, as oh, you say. I like that. I like that one too. That was mine. I think that was mine. Hi, 50-ishers. It's Mel and Trish. Welcome to this week's episode of Don't Give a 50, a podcast for midlife women who dare to be awesome and don't give a 50 like us. Trish, I want to share an email we received from Squirrel LJ. I saw that. It was so good. You'll remember that we read out a review she left us a couple of weeks ago. Well, she's followed up by getting in touch and explaining where her nickname comes from. And I love this because it allows us to get to know our 50-ish tribe better. So lovely. Yeah. So she wrote, Mel and Trish, thank you so much for reading my comment on your podcast. I listened to it first thing this morning and I'm still smiling like a starstruck teenager. If only she knew. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. The backstory of Squirrel LJ is that my husband only ever calls me Squirrel because I'm always squirreling around and never sit still. I call that ferreting around. (laughs) Squirrel ferret. Similar uh, rodent family. (laughs) Busy. Busy. Very busy. So especially when overseas gathering supplies for our treks. So we hike through the Alps each year. Oh, my gosh. I want to be them. I know. So my first and middle names are Liana Janelle, hence Squirrel LJ. So the first thing I saw on Instagram after we we returned home this year was your dancing story. (laughs) And I fell in love with you even more if that's possible. So thank you for sharing your beautiful selves with the world. And please know there are so many of us out there who love you and will always be listening each week and singing your praises to all our friends too. So stay beautiful and thank you again, which is just completely divine. Oh, it is. And Squirrel, can I just tell you, <laughs> I've just, you know, those weeks where we get in a bit of a funk? I've been in a bit of a funk this week. And yeah. when I read your review, I just went, I know. It's so nice to think that somebody loves me. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> I love you, Trish. You know that. Yes, they are out there. Sometimes I don't love myself as much as I should, but 
That's part of what we do sometimes. It's part of what we do. So thank you so much, Squirrel LJ. But let's, Trish, jump in to today's episode because we're very excited to be talking to Dr. Rani Barnick, another very, very capable, very smart, very (laughs) impressive lady, all the way from New York City. I know. How fabulous. Just I'm in awe at the technology to mm -hmm. be able to talk to her. Mm -hmm. Different time zones, late in the afternoon there, early in the morning here. It's I know, I know, it's brilliant. And we managed to sync our three How individual... Does How does it work? Are we in the cloud? Schedules. What's going on? I don't know where we are, <laughs> apart from being in this little box. Dr. Barnick specialises in ophthalmology, neuro-ophthalmology and headache. And I she- let Melinda pronounce all of those words for a reason. <laughs> she created a centre of excellence using her unique approach to vision, health and wellness. And I'm dead keen to know more yeah, about this, absolutely. dead keen to learn. She manages a wide spectrum of conditions affecting vision, as well as the complex connections between the eye and the brain, which is something, Trish, that I've never thought about. Like, I know that they're connected, but I never think yeah, about and it. And you talk, I mean, you know, we've all seen things like iridology where the eye eyes are meant to be a map of the body and mm. all of that, but I think this is a more... Oh, this is getting really deep. more intelligent in-depth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. So she combines traditional medical and surgical treatments of the eye with nutritional and lifestyle approaches for a more integrated, holistic approach to vision and brain health, which is absolutely fascinating. And, and so integral to midlife ladies. Oh, fully. Hello and welcome to Don't Give a 50, lovely Dr. Rani Barnick. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you so much. Much for having me on your show. I'm so excited to be here. Oh, well, we are excited to have you, and we are absolutely thrilled that we managed to sync our schedules and make this happen and, and get the time zones correct. We got and the, get t- the technology correct. I think we triple, <laughs> quadruple check the time zones <laughs> yeah. just to make sure that it well, all aligns. I, I applaud you both because for me, this time is perfect. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is in the early evening, but for you both, it is super early in the morning. So, yeah, it is. Uh, we don't mind. Very though. impressive. Well, yes. you're an impressive lady, and we were keen to chat. So yeah, we we were absolutely thrilled when you Happy when you to agreed move to come mountains on. for you. Absolutely. So we want to start. This is something that we have started asking all our guests for a highlight reel of their life. So it's just a way to get our fiftyish tribe a sense of who you are and how you came to be in your current position. So give us a highlight reel. I know that's a bit of a tough one to start off with. But I don't know. People are really interested. So yeah. they're interested in your backstory, curious. how we you like came to, to be an ophthalmologist. Curious. Well, we are. We're midlife women and we're very curious. It's not something that you go, what do you want to be when you grow up? I want oh, to be an ophthalmologist. neuro-ophthalmologist. <laughs> Number one on my list. <laughs> yes, that is not what I said when I when I was when I was little. But, okay. Um, but uh, my life path, I kind of always knew I would be interested in going into medicine and being a doctor because um, my father is a physician as well, okay. and I was kind of groomed to follow in his footsteps and be in the emergency department. Right. But when I went through my training, I realized that that really didn't appeal to me very much, and I wanted to have more uh, long-term relationships with my patients. Okay. And then when I was introduced to ophthalmology, I fell in love with it. It's such a beautiful organ. And um, as I tell all my patients, you know, we always take our vision for granted, but we shouldn't Mm. because sometimes things go wrong. To be able to help people see better, to be able to help people uh, to restore their vision when things have gone awry, uh, it's really just such a a wonderful um, 
uh, I guess, role that I play in my patients' lives to be able to help them with with um, with such a, uh, an important sense. Mm. Um, so anyway, so that's why I did ophthalmology as opposed to emergency medicine. Mm. Um, and then I, again, I can cultivate relationships with my patients. But what led me to do what I do now, which is slightly different, mm. uh, being an integrative neuro-ophthalmologist is... I ended up having, in my early 40s, I developed uh, really very severe migraines. And these migraines, um, they basically uh, were, I would wake up with a migraine, I would go to sleep with a migraine. They mm. were every single mm. day, 24 hours a day. So debilitating. function. Mm. Yeah. And I'm sure many of your listeners probably have, have experienced migraines because it's so common, especially amongst women um, in this age group. Yeah. But, um, but I took all the medications out there. I went to some top headache doctors in New York City. I was given all these prescriptions for medications. Nothing worked. And I tried this for about two or three years. So imagine again, living two or three years with a constant headache. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. not Gosh. fun. No. It's not a good time in my life. No. And finally, I said, you know what? I don't want to take these medications anymore. They're not helping me. They're giving me side effects. I need to find a different solution. So I started to research on my own. What could I do to get rid of my migraine? And what I realized is that the key was in my diet choices and my lifestyle choices. And so not much goes one back to that. Of my doctors ever asked me. They That's never extraordinary. mentioned it. They never asked me, what are you eating? Mm. How much caffeine do you have? How much stress do you have in your life? How much do you sleep? So yep. once I figured that out, it really opened up the world in yeah. terms of a more an, a holistic, integrative approach to what I do. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's interesting. Did you, as an ophthalmologist, and when your headaches came on, did you not automatically think that there was a connection like with your eyes? Well, I knew what was going on. Mm. Um, I'd actually initially started to have migraines when I was in my early 20s. So I knew what, you know, I knew what it was. Yeah. But when it persisted, you know, of course, mm. I, I was scared and I, was, I got my MRIs just to make sure I yeah. didn't have a brain mm. tumor. And luckily, uh, yeah. I didn't have a brain tumor. But I knew that this was something that had become chronic and probably related to something I was doing in my life. And I just thought it was the stress. But again, I never really put together all the different pieces, all of those things that, you know, I'll just tell you, I'm, I'm embarrassed to say it now. My diet back then consisted of pizza, ice cream, and diet soda. Wow. So, so I such... lived off of that diet for years. That... I never once thought, oh, maybe this is not doing me such, you know, uh, such good to my health. I never thought about it. But then once I changed those things, Things started to get better. That's and extraordinary. So I was really convinced. Yeah, it's extraordinary that such yeah. a well-educated woman with a, a background in medicine didn't automatically assume that the pizza and <laughs> Coke and all whatever it was, like soft drinks, wasn't the optimum diet for you. But I guess if like, you've functioned yeah. with that diet for so many years, yeah, and it yeah, I know. You think, well, mm. you know, I've always eaten this way and it hasn't affected me, so why now? Yeah, yeah. But you—that's have... exactly how I felt. I felt indestructible. Like I mm. can eat whatever I want. I could eat this junk and it's not going to affect me, but eventually it did. It did. Me. Yeah. Yeah. And then to your point, Mel, um, you know, the sad thing is most doctors are not taught these, these, uh, you know, diet. And that's something yes. that we do We're not here. about it. Nutrition. Mm. And it's such Which a fundamental a part. Mm. It's yeah. a shame. Mm. Do you I think agree. there's a big change that is happening towards that? Like people are realizing that, you know, mm. that 
nutrition is, well, that's where Key. medicine derived, didn't it, from herbs and I think, and um, so from, I would say from the general public's perspective, yes, people are coming to the awareness that it is so important, our choices, yeah. but that's now starting to be reflected in medical training and education. So for example, um, I was recently, I went to my medical school reunion a few months ago, and I was talking to some of the the students there and I asked them, you know, do you have any training in nutrition? Do you have any training in lifestyle? And they're like, well, maybe, you know, like maybe 10 hours or eight wow. to 10 hours yeah. at most. And that's crazy. So still things really haven't changed that we know that diet is so important. We know that lifestyle is so important, but it's still not being taught. Isn't it crazy? And I think that's the we... big change that has to happen. Correct. Everything that we do in life mm. goes down to our health how the, the, the vitality of our lives and what we can actually achieve is ultimately driven by our health. It is. And, and yet our, we don't. our mental health, everything is driven mm. by that. Yet mm. it's not what is paramountly taught, whether it be in schools or in, you know, medical college or whatever. Mm. It's fascinating. Maybe it's that the, there's it's an, so a, an assumption. as well. Yeah, yeah. I think it's everyone wants the magic pill. Yeah, maybe, maybe. And I think but... technology and science is so amazing mm. that it kind of went down that path. But now we're realising that, hang on, we're the smartest we've ever been and we're yeah. so technically advanced, but we're still the sick. We're still yeah, probably um, the sickest we've ever been. So mm. what, what's not right with and that? And unhappy. Yeah. And what you don't want is bad eye health. No. As we age. That is true. We, yes. we do not want that. <laughs> yeah, that is true. So, yes. Dr. Rani, it seems as though, and especially with our 50-ish tribe, our eyesight becoming an issue, it's, it sneaks up of us, but it's possibly one of the first signs that we are ageing. It seems like one minute we're fine, the next minute we need to hold things at arm's length to read them, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to see the small print. The next thing we need is glasses to see the small print. You go to the supermarket, you think, I can't even read a label yes. anymore without my glasses. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> and then it's also extremely evident if you go out to lunch or dinner with a group yeah. of your 50-ish girlfriends <laughs> and, you know, mm -hmm. some will have reading glasses, other won't. The ones who don't they're being passed around the table I've even gone out without my glasses and said to my kids you're gonna to have to read me the menu I can't even oh, see it anymore same. <laughs> so, so what is it that happens to our well, eyes? not alone <laughs> yeah. why did it why does it happen and I guess is there anything we can do to slow it or to stop it in its tracks or avoid Maintain. it happening yes great questions I get asked this all the time and what I tell my patients is when, when it comes to eyes and aging, there are almost three, there are three things that happen to almost everyone. Number one, the need for reading glasses. <laughs> number two, wrinkles around our eyes, which we eventually we all get. And then number three, cataracts. So these are some natural process, aging processes that happen with yep. the eye. And I can tick eyelids, all those three boxes. <laughs> Yes. So it's, it's bound to happen. So why does it happen? So it's, it's an interesting change that happens. It's, I'm going to get into some of the science here behind it. Um, we have a lens inside our eye that helps us to focus. And normally the lens is very flexible. It can focus at distance and then it changes shape so we can focus up close and then it changes shape again so we can focus at intermediate distance and see our computer. As we get older, this lens becomes more stiff. Okay. So it still works, yep. but it's just more stiff. So it's not as flexible. It can't easily shift focus from far to near. Yep. And near is what gets, gets affected the most. So many people, as you said, I love how you put it, our arms just are no longer long <laughs> yeah, enough. <no. laughs> right? So 
It happens to almost everyone. For people who wear contacts, it may happen even sooner. So in some, um, especially women who wear contacts, they may end up needing reading glasses in their, mm-hmm. you know, when they're 38, 39 years old. But it's a natural process. And eventually it does plateau. So it's not that it keeps progressing, but it does plateau. And there are so many wonderful solutions. So yes, reading glasses are the mainstay. But now there's other things that are coming on the market. Certain drops can sometimes help. with reading. Um, But that is, you know, something that you'd have to get from as a prescription and put into your eye. And I would not recommend that on a daily basis. But I just let my patients know it's part of the aging process. We all go through it and embrace it instead of trying to fight it, embrace it and know that you're not alone. And I have to point out to our 50s tribe that Trish and I are sitting here with glasses on. and Dr. Rani is not. I always laugh. Ah. (laughs) But there is a but. (laughs) I actually, I'll give you my secret. Okay. Um, So I am 51 years old, almost 52, Mm -hmm. and I wear bifocal contacts. So I have actually uh, multifocal contacts. So I'm wearing them. It helps me read up close. Yep. Um, Sometimes I even need some extra help. So sometimes I'll put my reading glasses on as well as my bifocal contacts. <laughs> okay. So, so Dr. Rani, <laughs> have you always worn contacts or is, are the contacts your uh, version of reading glasses? I did wear contacts. Um, I guess I started wearing them in my 20s. Yep. When I was doing a lot of reading during medical school, my vision did deteriorate a little bit. So I ended up needing uh, some prescri- a prescription for mm-hmm. distance. Mm-hmm. But I... Personally, I prefer contacts over glasses because it gives me more peripheral vision. But there are some people who've worn glasses most of their lives and yep. they're perfectly okay with that. So it's a personal choice, really. Yeah. I have to laugh with my my multifocal, focal, I can't pronounce it, <laughs> lenses. I'm quite often walking around with my head tipped right back now. <laughs> yeah, sometimes it can give you a little light <laughs> your neck. So it's, that, yeah. that's, it's tricky, you know, getting it right because you, there's yes. no line. That's the yeah. benefit, right? There's no line. But if you don't look through the proper zone, it's not going to be clear. So it does require a little bit of... The other thing I do is if I can't find yes. my glasses at home, I also have prescription sunglasses, so I pop them home on. Mm. And then my husband comes home at 7 o'clock at night and it's dark and I'm still walking around with my sunglasses on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> at least you can see, though. Yeah, I can see. He's like, are you right? And I'm like, why? Yeah, I've forgotten what's, what's going on. Yeah, turn Just the lights your rock on. star in the kitchen look. I love on. that story. <laughs> so, um, Dr. Rani, can I just take you back to the connection between the eye and the brain? And can you tell us in layman's terms, please, about the connection between the eye and the brain. Absolutely. It's one of my favorite topics. So the eye is actually part of the brain. It's actually a direct extension of the brain. So it's part of our central nervous system. And not only that, over 50% of our brain is dedicated to processing vision. It's crazy. The majority of our brain is dedicated to vision. So how we see shapes, colors, movement, resolution, um, how our eyes move and track, our balance system that's linked to our eyes. There's so much that is connected to our vision within our brain. So if you take care of your brain, you will also be taking care of your eyes. It's really, really important to kind of think of them as one unit, not two separate organs, but 
but really very closely interconnected. That Sorry, is I'm just fascinated. I'm taking yeah. notes. I, I say this every week when I've got my I've got my pen. <laughs> so, Dr. Rani, is there certain symptoms, I guess, for our eyes and our eyesight as we age that we need to be concerned about? I mean, obviously, you know, our eyesight will deteriorate. Some people speak of, you know, like little floaters or, you know, the cataracts or things like that. Is there anything in particular that people kind of ignore, et cetera, that really needs to be an alarm bell with their eyesight? So in terms of gradual symptoms, there's really nothing that would be that serious. Um, of course, if you develop sudden floaters, all of a sudden, you know, you've, you've never seen floaters before. All of a sudden you see lines and swiggles in your vision. Mm. Definitely get that checked out. What are because, floaters? Um, most people who have float floaters are, so we have a jelly inside of our eye that keeps the shape of the eye. And uh, within that jelly, there's collagen. And so as we get older, the jelly turns into liquid and the collagen is floating around within the liquid. And that's what you're actually seeing. You're seeing okay. little specks of collagen. Because sometimes uh, it looks like a little bit of dust it. or a little bit of fluff. I'm like, do I have a fluff on my eyeball? Yeah. yeah. Or a yeah. lot of people think there are little bugs, like a little fly oh, going yeah. by. Um, that's very common. <laughs> yeah. So floaters, again, very over 80% of the population has floaters. But when they when it's new, when it's a sudden onset, mm. uh, if you see flashing lights with the floaters, definitely be checked out by an ophthalmologist. Get a dilated exam. Make sure there's nothing going on that's more serious. The other thing I just wanted to mention a very, very common symptom, especially amongst women in, in our age group, is dry eye. Almost yes, I've had that. Dry it's eye. crazy. Um, yeah, everything's dry. Everything's, <laughs> exactly. everything's drying up. Yes, and it all has to do with our hormones. <laughs> yes. yes, exactly. Yeah, I, I was not aware of this yeah, dry it, eye. I've had it before and it's just you know, you kind of, you blink and you blink and you blink and you think, am I tired? Is, are my eyes kind of over, you know, have I overexerted them or okay. whatnot? Yeah. Is it a genetic thing or is it strictly, will no, we all get it's mainly, it's mainly environmental. There can be some genetic conditions that can lead to dry eye, but those are pretty rare. Okay. But the symptoms you were asking about, you know, what is what exactly is it? Because a lot of people maybe have heard of dry eye, but they're not sure if they have dry eye or not. Mm -hmm. Um it includes blurry vision. Uh, usually the blurry vision gets better if you blink a few times mm. and things may clear up. Um, sometimes people feel a, a grittiness or a sandy sensation in their eye and that's because it's dry. And sometimes, and this is really the, the one that confuses most people, sometimes the eyes tear. And when our eyes tear often, usually it's because they're, they're dry to begin with and then to, to counteract that, the tear glands overproduce tears. Ah, is so that if right? you have a lot of tearing, it could be that you actually have dry eyes. If you treat the dry eye, you can prevent the tearing. Okay, so how do we treat dry eye? Number one is to consciously blink. Mm -hmm. um, and especially if you're on a screen. <laughs> I'm sitting here now blinking. blinking. I am too. The minute you started talking about dry I'm sure eye, our I'm listeners going, are sitting out there blinking. Blinking, right? I'm going, right, okay, are they dry or are they moist or what's going on? Okay. So I'll give you an interesting fact that people can share at the dinner table. Um, so most of us blink about 15 to 20 times a minute. But when we're on a screen, can you guess how many times a minute we blink? Oh, okay. You said 15 to 20 Take per minute? Normally. 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 Yes. Okay. Five. When we're looking five? at a screen, when we're focused on something, exactly. Yeah. Four to five. Oh, yes. I was going to say a hundred. So, <laughs> <seven>. <laughs> I was going the other way. Well, I'm thinking dry. You wouldn't think so. <laughs> 
Yeah. So when we're focused mm. on reading something, whether it be your computer, your phone, your tablet, whatever it is, you're just not blinking enough. And so that leads to the eyes drying out. So if you make a conscious effort to blink, then you will improve your dry eye, but also you could use drops. And it's similar to when, you know, our skin gets dry. Most of our people, most of us have dry skin at some time or other. And when it gets dry, you just have to moisturize. So the same thing with your eyes, when they get dry, you have to put in moisturizing drops and that should solve the problem. So, so that's just like sometimes a you need to do a little bit more aggressive. Exactly. It's, it's, um, different, different formulations, but they're, they're lubricating drops. Mm -hmm. so, Dr. Rani, yeah, we, simple solutions. obviously living in Australia, um, we spend a lot of time out in the sun and we know that vitamin D is so good for us. But a lot of my friends and, and I know that it's happening to one of my eyes, um, I think a side effect of that is cataracts. So what, um, in your opinion or your advice in cataracts, I mean, I think that there's been a lot of success with cataract surgery or do we need to you know be wearing the expensive sunglasses or what what's how can we help that with such an yeah, so outdoor lifestyle you brought up such an important topic it's it's so important to to uh to be aware of this the impact of uv light on our eyes because it can cause those rays are very powerful and they can cause cataracts, they can cause growths on the surface of the eye, they can lead to retinal damage, they can even cause tumors on the eyes or the eyelids. Wow. So mm. we need to protect our eyes. And the best way to do that is it doesn't matter how expensive the sunglasses are, they have to have a sticker. Can you say that and again in case my husband say... listens to this and say they do have to be expensive? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll take that back. We'll take that. We'll cut that part out. Um, look for the sticker. And yeah. the sticker should say 100% UVA, UVB blocking. UV. It'll say either that 100% or it may say UV 400, which is equivalent. So as long as they have the sticker, it's good to go. Okay, great. Um, and then, of course, wearing a hat. Some people don't like to wear sunglasses, so I tell them at least wear a wide-brimmed hat to protect your eyes. Uh, but yes, cataracts can occur from, from uh, too much UV exposure. But on the flip side, I'll tell you that we can prevent cataract formation, not just by wearing UV glasses, but with our diet. So there are lots of studies that show that if you eat a diet that's rich in foods like um, uh, that are rich in vitamins A, C, and E, which are usually come from vegetables and fruits, mm -hmm. that you can prevent cataracts. So my take-home message is always, you may have a little cataract, it's not affecting your vision yet, but to prevent it from getting worse, make sure you have lots of fresh fruits and veggies in your diet. That's okay. extraordinary. Yeah, which seems so to help simple. everything. Yeah, it does. It does. Yeah. So things. simple, yes. I was actually listening to an interview you did on another podcast as I was driving down to Brisbane this morning, Dr. Rani, and you were talking about um, the different colours in the vegetables and you were talking about the importance of omega-3s. And I wanted to ask you, because I don't like seafood, so I take omega-3 supplements. So for any of our 50-ish tribe that are like me and don't eat seafood, is that enough to take the omega-3 supplements? I mean, I know you can get it from plant-based. And, and if, you, if I'm taking flaxseed, like how much do I need for my health, my mm -hmm. eye health? Yeah, no, great question. So we know that omega-3s are great for our eyes in many ways. They help with dry eye. They help protect the retina. Uh, they also help our brain because our, there's a lot of omega-3 in our brain structurally. So we need a good supply of it. And if you don't prefer to eat fish, and I'm actually a vegetarian myself, so I don't eat fish. Mm -hmm. um, I try to get my omega-3s either from seeds, uh, like chia seeds, hemp seeds, flax seeds are great sources. And then that 
omega-3 gets converted into the type of omega-3 our eyes and our brain need, or you can take a supplement. Um There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Um, if one takes a supplement, I would recommend a, a good dose. Some people take, you know, 500, 650. It's just not enough. Okay. I usually recommend to my patients do at least 2,000 milligrams a day. Okay. And if you have more severe issues, you may have to go up to 3,000 or 4,000 a day. Wow. And that may seem like a lot. Yes. But um, studies have shown that those doses are fairly safe. But of course, check with your doctor before you take a super high dose. Um, but for some conditions like very severe dry eye, those doses can really help. Okay. So that's right. what I typically tell people. Dr. Yep. Rani, I've stumbled across some, um, they're called oyster capsules. So it's, I think it's just dehydrated and, you know, powderized oysters that it's quite high in the omega-3s. Would that be good for that? I haven't really researched that, so I can't answer specifically. Right. I'll what send I you a link. What I tell you is I know that oysters, <laughs> yes, please send me the link. I would love to learn. I'd love to learn about it. Oysters are very rich in zinc, which is great. Zinc yes. is important for eye health as well. So from my perspective, I don't see any issue with that, but I can't answer. If you if you send me the link, I'll take a look. I'll okay. You know. awesome. Can I just um, backtrack just slightly? Sorry to like really try and drill down on this, but with the flaxseed and the chia seeds and things like that, what would be the dosage that you would need per day? Like is it a tablespoon or a dessert spoon? Is that enough or is it – do you need half a cup or a cup? What are we talking it depends on, if you look at the packaging, it'll say, you know, one tablespoon is equal to dot, dot, dot. Right. So like, for example, chia seeds, one tablespoon is equal to, and I don't know the exact number off the top of my head, but let's say it's 1,000 milligrams. So if you're if you're striving to get 2,000 in your diet, maybe two tablespoons. Got it. Um, or you can do a blend. You can do a chia flax blend, like ground um, ground up chia and flax, which is great, which sometimes gives even more, like 3,000 milligrams. Right, okay. So it just depends on what you're just what you're purchasing. Look at the Check breakdown. The yeah, 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 excellent. Mm -hmm. All right, thank you. Thanks for that. It's so You're interesting. Welcome. Talking about cataracts, and I know a lot of my friends have, or a few people have recently had surgery, and this is always an interesting thing for me because mum had always had poor eyesight and needed to wear a quite thick um, lens, um, contact lens. And then just recently she's had surgery on her eyes and now she can see much better. But they held off on doing that for so many years. And yet, and then you go in and some people are getting laser surgery and then like what, mm. at what age or stage or how do they differentiate 
who has surgery and and when it will last. It seems that we're all getting glasses, but only a few of us are getting surgery. So what's, is there any kind of... Yeah. Thank you for asking that question, because I think it is on a lot of people's minds, you know, especially if somebody has been newly diagnosed, let's say with an early cataract. Because when they they have have their surgery, they're like, oh my God, you need to get this done. So I'm like, yes, I do. (laughs) (laughs) So, so what I tell my patients is as an ophthalmologist, I can look in your eyes and tell you that there's a cataract, but in terms of the timing for surgery, it depends on if it's bothering you or not, if you're having symptoms. For example, if you have a lot of glare, if you can't drive, if you can't read, then absolutely get that surgery done. But until it's really affecting you, there's no need to rush into surgery. So again, for early stage cataracts, there's no, it's not an emergency by any means. There's no need to rush into doing it, but we monitor it. And sometimes um, you know, patients ask me, how quickly does it progress? Each person is different. So for example, a 60-year-old who has been newly diagnosed with a cataract, it may take them 10, 15 years before it's time for them to have their surgery versus a 50-year-old who has an early cataract may be really bothered by it. Mm -hmm. And it's worthwhile doing the surgery within six months or a year. So I think it's just all very personal, like how much the cataract affects your vision and how much it affects your life. And that would possibly be the same as well, just with normal vision. Like if you don't have cataract and they're doing laser surgery or something like that, once again, it just depends on you, your vision and and how quickly it's deteriorating. Exactly. It's a personal choice. And it also depends on what people do for a living. Like Mm. for example, if you have a professional athlete, let's say a swimmer, then they really should perhaps get the laser surgery so they don't have to wear prescription goggles. Mm. Versus if you have a pilot whose career depends on excellent eyesight, I would probably not recommend the laser surgery for them because should there be a complication they may no longer be able yes. to work. Oh, yes. So it really depends. Or even a police officer, you know, if they lose even a little bit of vision, if there's, if it's not exact, if it's not just right, they may not be able to see perfectly 2020. Yep. And then that would really impair their abilities to, to work. Mm. So yep. it's not so, an easy decision by any means. No. And there's no one size fits all either. Mm. No, like everything with health, it's just so individual, mm. isn't it? It's yeah, so individual. Yeah, we're it, all know, unique. <laughs> we are all unique. So. Yes, yeah. yeah, we are, which and we love that. So I want to ask you, um, just getting back to the focus on our 50-ish tribe, what are some of the non-negotiable things we should be doing as midlife women to ensure our eye health? I mean, we've covered some, but can you add to that for us? Is Absolutely. it carrots? Is it so carrots? We- <laughs> <laughs> it's funny you say that because I actually – just wrote a book and it should be published published soon. And it's called Beyond Carrots. <laughs> Best Foods for Eye Health. Love it. Great yes. title. Best Foods for Eye Health A to Z. So I go through in the book all the whole range of foods that are important for eye health. So not just carrots. Carrots are important, but yes. So what else, what else should we think about? So I would include, first of all, smoking cessation. We've all heard about smoking and uh, yeah. what it can do to our health. And we know that Smoking can increase the risk of cataracts, increase the risk of macular degeneration. So none of us want those types of things. No. Other things, exercise. So regular exercise, at least 30 minutes, several times a week has been shown to decrease the risk of eye diseases. And then also sleep is so important. And I think sleep is really so undervalued and we really all need to really intentionally get more restful sleep just so our brains function better, our vision is better, our dry eye is better because when we're sleeping, we're lubricating our eyes as well. So there are just so many benefits of sleep beyond Mm. just 
your, you know, your physical body taking a few hours rest. It's, it's a lot more than that. Yeah. Sounds very regenerative. Is that the word? Did I get it out right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So on that, Dr. Rani, we've talked about what we should be doing. What are some of the things we shouldn't be doing? Like, you know, yeah. as kids, <laughs> we're told, don't sit too <laughs> close to the TV. <laughs> and as parents, we say, don't sit too close to the TV or get off those screens. You know, they're hurting your eyes. And, you know, we spend so much time on our computers, phones, you know, streaming, binging, mm. television shows, etc. Is and then you hear, you know, the the blue light and issues with blue light and, you know, not being able to wind down at night and, you know, your circadian rhythms and all of yeah. that. What what shouldn't we be doing? Let's first tackle the screen issue. Okay, great. Um, so, Let's talk about so the elephant in the room. We're all on our screen. <laughs> As yes. we are looking at we're you through our screen screens. right now. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, we're very fortunate to have this technology, but we can become completely entrapped by it. I mean, most people spend, most adults spend anywhere from uh, seven to 11 hours on a screen every day. Crazy. Mm. crazy. Mind-boggling. Mm-hmm. And most children spend about six hours on a screen every day, which is also ridiculously high. Yes. And so we're, we're really bound to our screens. So I would say, um, you know, rather than to get blue blocking glasses, which a lot of people turn to, or they think that they should get them to protect their eyes, the better thing to do is actually, um, we have blue blockers inside of our eyes. Many people don't know this. There are pigments that nature put in our eyes to protect our eyes from UV light and blue light. And these pigments are found in plants. Our bodies can't make these pigments, but they're found in plants. So if you eat the right foods, you're providing your eyes with their natural blue blockers. And so what I always tell parents is make sure your kids are eating these natural blue blockers. They're found in so many foods like spinach and kale and collard greens and yellow peppers and orange peppers and nectarines and peaches. So foods that are yellow and orange, also leafy greens, and even foods like egg yolk can protect your eyes against blue light. And many people just look at me in shock, like I had no idea that I could help protect my eyes using food. But that's the first thing I tell people. The second thing I tell them is, especially when it comes to young children, there are some studies um, that have been done out of Asia where there are high, high rates of myopia, which is nearsightedness. It's really become an epidemic in many parts of the world. Mm. And it's estimated that about half of us would be myopic by the year 2030 which is crazy to think that we're all going to be needed glasses because we're myopic. So studies have shown that children who spend two hours a day playing outside have decreased rates of myopia, Yeah, which is, you know, again, it needs to be, the the awareness needs to be there, first of all. And then of course there are policy changes that need to be made in schools, et cetera, to make sure these kids are getting their two hours outside. And whether it's being exposed to sunlight, whether it's the activity of being outside, whether it's not being on screens, that we don't completely understand yet. But yes. we do know that two hours a day for children is really, really important. Isn't it amazing that all of these optimal health things come back to the basics? Yeah. Good nutrition, sunshine, activity, mm. movement. Yeah. 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 The mm. basics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah. extraordinary. Yeah. What about water consumption? Do we need to, you know, like yeah. maximise water consumption as well? I mean, I know that sounds so obvious, but it goes yeah, back to what you were saying about the simplicity. Not, you know, sometimes we yeah. look at the basic just, things and just forget. Does our consumption yeah, of water affect our eye health? That's my question. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> and and you're absolutely right. You know, we we 
think we're drinking, but sometimes we're not drinking enough. Mm. And so it really needs to be intentional how much we're hydrating. And we need hydration because we, that gets us the nutrients we need to our eyes. It gets us oxygen. It helps to remove toxins. It's just really, really important. And I've definitely seen patients who have been dehydrated and they end up with vision issues. Um, I have had several patients who were extremely dehydrated and ended up with strokes of their optic nerve, which is wow. very rare. I don't want to scare anyone and yeah. you know mm. have them thinking, oh my goodness, if I don't drink enough water, I'm going to develop vision loss. But it's happened. And this is something which is unfortunate because it was preventable. Yes. And so in terms of hydration, I have a quick rule of thumb. I always teach my patients, so I'll share it with you. Great. And that is you take your weight. We, in, in the U.S. here, we use pounds, but I guess uh, in Australia, do you use kilograms? Yes, kilograms. Kilograms. Mm -hmm. kilograms. So you take your weight in kilograms, and um, that's the amount of liquid ounces you should drink every day. Now, again, we use ounces here, so I guess you'd have to convert that to milliliters. Oh. Does that make sense? No. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it kind of so, does, but to me, I'm, so, okay. I'm thinking of my weight and I'm thinking, so oh my God, say, that's just so much water. So, so I'll give you an example. Like if, okay. if one weighs, and I'll just, I'll just pick 50. Let's say someone weighs 50 kilograms. Yes. yes. I don't know. Yes. Um, we'll just use that as a round number. Um, that is how many ounces one should drink a day. So that is equivalent to about six glasses of water. Okay, is, now um, I've got it. So we just have to use our, our little online 250 mLs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I think it's about 250 mLs is one is eight ounces. So I guess if you multiply that by eight. I've got it. Two liters a day. I've got it now. Yeah, two so you, you'd day? need yeah. a little calculate, like a conversion yeah. sort of calculator type thing yeah. with you yes. just to basically work it Mel out. Mel can but... put that formula on the show notes for us. <laughs> I don't think <laughs> With that's a conversion a, table. Yeah. <laughs> With a conversion table, yes. That's there you go. Cool. That's a new app for you to develop, <laughs> Dr. Rani. A, yes. Uh, water conversion. Yeah, water conversion <laughs> table exactly. specifically yes. for eye health. I yeah. love it. Yeah. I yes, love it. I do too. Yep, yep. Yep. The other, I'll give you another mm, tip for, for hydration. Super simple. All you have to do is look at the color of your pee. Yes. And yeah. if your pee is like a light straw color, that's ideal. If it looks orange or yellow or, God forbid, brown or red, that's not good. No. Yep. So just – Unless you've had your vitamins and they may look may look fluoro yellow. but It that's, may look yes. a little fluorescent <laughs> yellow, yes. <laughs> or if you eat beets, it may look red. Mm. But, um, mm. but, yeah, so it should be like a very light straw color yes. yellow. Yes. I have a very funny story. Um, my sister-in-law's brother used to – her mum used to give them vitamins um, as kids and the boys were always horrified when they had to go to the toilet at the urinal at school. was fluoro yellow. Yeah, like weird colours. I've been eating beetroot. That's too so, much information. But anyway, I always thought it was funny. Yeah. Something girls don't have to worry about. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Um, so I'm, I'm loving the idea. I know that you've touched on this already just through how you've answered our questions, but we're loving the idea of an integrated holistic approach to vision and brain health. So can you tell us a little bit more about how this works? 
Yeah. So when I see patients, it's usually a very long intake and a lengthy visit. Uh, I go through their entire history. So not just their eyes, but everything is connected. You know, our eyes are obviously connected to our brains, but they're also linked to our cardiovascular system, our heart health, our lung health. They're linked to our GI system, linked to our skin, our immune system. So there's so many other components of our health that need to be considered when we think about an integrated holistic approach to eye health. So I get that information and then I figure out what their issues are. And then I try to get um, help to, uh, patients to understand what the root cause of their problem is. Is it, for example, inflammation in their body that's causing their eye issue? Is it lack of a nutrient? Is it a, a nutrient deficiency? Is it some kind of other immune response going on? Um, is it a gut health issue? I'm, I'm sure you must have heard about the gut yes. microbiome. Yes. Oh, yes. Uh, so the, the gut microbiome is linked to eye health. We know that when the gut microbiome is disturbed, that there can be inflammation in the eye and certain eye conditions. So I try to tease all of that out. And then I put together a treatment plan for my patients that is really centered in diet and lifestyle. So I teach them based on their condition, what, why they're coming in, which specific foods to include in their diet and which ones to eliminate. Mm. And then uh, I talk to them about their lifestyle, things that they could improve upon, whether it's exercise, sleep, stress, stress is a big one, stress modulation. And then sometimes, sometimes, not always, my patients also may need specific supplements or botanicals to help them um, really maintain healthy vision. So that's my approach. Again, it's, it's fairly lengthy, but I think uh, it really helps to provide the patient with what, they, what they're seeking, which is really not just to think about the eyes as an isolated organ. Mm. It's really to connect all the dots. And yeah, overall, I think you've hit the nail on the head there saying that, you know, we, we treat eyes as, a, as an isolated organ. You know, we forget mm. its, you know, its connection to the brain. And, and well, I think that's, infant... that's so many things that we have. You know, the, mm. we're treating the symptom rather than the root cause. Mm. Yeah. So often. Yeah, which you know, is really great. We just want to fix this, but why is that happening? Well, that's amazing what Dr. Rani does because you, you strip it all back yeah. and almost like, you know, Brilliant. rebuild. I would imagine for some of your patients that would be quite confronting because they would be needing to make some quite significant changes to diet and lifestyle. And then you would get the people who go, nah, can't you just give me some drops? Yeah. <laughs> can I just have an operation? Yes. People who want the quick fix. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so it's really, I tell them it's, it's a team approach. You know, I can tell you, I can guide you in terms of what I would suggest, yeah. but you're the one who actually has to do the work yes, and right. you have to be committed to it. And most of my patients, um, They've oftentimes been to other providers before they found me. So, yes. you know, some patients have come to see me for a second opinion, third opinion, fourth opinion, et cetera. So they have not gotten results the way that they would like to see their vision or their brain health. Um, so they are willing to put in the work. I mean, they, they are committed, they're motivated. So it's wonderful to work with people who know that they need to make a change and they just need some guidance on how to make that change. That's brilliant. Yeah, I was just about to say, Dr. Rani, if our 50s tribe are listening and think, wow, that's what I need or yeah. I would love to do that, do, can they come and contact you? Obviously, you're halfway around the world, so that's difficult. But how do we find neuro-ophthalmologists? So, um, there is a website, and I can give you that to put into the show notes. Uh, we have an international organization of neuro-ophthalmologists, and um, so if there's a provider in your area, you can search by country, you can search by zip code. Um, so hopefully you can find someone close by. Um, 
Unfortunately, not many of us are trained in integrative medicine. So I think I'm one of the very few. So most of the doctors will be traditionally trained. Um, the other thing you can do is look for someone who is trained in functional medicine or integrative medicine. Mm -hmm. And that really will provide more of like, a, again, a holistic approach, a root cause approach. And so um, definitely there are more providers out there doing that than specifically what I do, but they can help you as well. We were talking before we hit the record button about some courses that you were doing, which are going to be available in November, and also a book, The um, the Beyond Carrots. I love that. Um, <laughs> yes, um, yes. So yes. Uh, can you just tell um, our 50ish tribe a little bit about those those two and how potentially they could pre-order um, yeah. your well, book? We'll, or, we'll yes, put links absolutely. in the show notes and socials. But yeah. yeah, Thank you so much. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, so my book will hopefully be out in mid-November, and um, it basically provides you with the framework for the nutrition plan that you need for your eyes. And then along with that, I have other um, – resources as well. For example, I have a, a recipe guides, I have meal planners, I have grocery lists that will help all help promote your eye health. And then I have um, two courses that I'm launching in November. One is a seven day course called seven days to healthier eyes, which is kind of like a introductory course. Mm -hmm. And the second course is a 21 day course a 21 days to healthier eyes. And really through those courses, I think I can hopefully reach more people because as you said, I can only see people who are local to me, but That's if right. people around the world are also interested in improving their eye health, I do share a lot of the strategies that I use in my practice. Um, through the course courses, I should say. Okay, so that's... I will provide the links. And if anyone's interested, um, please sign up. Yeah, that's brilliant. Thank you. Because I, I think there would be definitely some people that would be really interested in trying your course first, trying this since there aren't many providers, you know, in Australia. Um, it might mm -hmm. be easier to do an online course, mm. even though you are, as Trish said, um, on the other side of the world. <laughs> We've covered so many important and interesting things today. It was so fascinating. Uh, is there anything that we haven't asked that you think that midlife women or mid, our midlife tribe need to know, should know that we haven't asked? Um, so being part of your tribe, <laughs> yeah. um, I would say that you know we as, as in, within this stage of our lives, we not only are responsible for our own health, but many of us are responsible for taking care of our children as well as our parents. Yes. We're, the older generation. The sandwich so generation. The sandwich generation. Yeah. Yep. The sandwich generation. And so we can have a lot of impact on how the other generations eat and live and, you know, their choices. So I would encourage um, your listeners to not only, you know, use this information for their own benefit, but to teach it to oh, brilliant. The other generations and make it a family kind of a project or, you know, to do it together as a community because it's hard to do it on your own. Yeah, yeah right. it really is. But mm. if you do it together, it's so much easier. Okay. Brilliantly, brilliantly said. Because these habits, these important eye health, brain health habits, mm. they need to start early. So don't just wait until you have the problem. Try to institute yes. habits yeah, right. ahead of time, you know, even it's, in childhood, teenage years, young yep. adulthood, to get those good habits in place so that later on you don't have to worry as much. Yeah, it's a, such the a message point. that we hear from so many people is mm. don't leave it too yeah. late. Start yeah. early, start planning mm. early, all that. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah across the board. Because yes. so much eye disease is preventable. Dry eyes are preventable. Glaucoma, cataracts, macular degeneration, diabetic retinopathy, all of these are preventable. Wow. Serious. And these are the, the leading causes of vision loss and blindness in the world. And we can do something about it. Wow. Just Through lifestyle. Enough. Yeah. Wow. That is fascinating. That is a really fascinating point. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Dr. Rani, we are at the end of our um, chat Which with is a you. shame because yeah. I could talk to you all day. Yeah, it's a shame you live around no, the world because I really feel like it's we so should go to fun. lunch or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. So <laughs> Come to New York. I'll take you all out to lunch. All right. You're on. <laughs> you definitely. Yes, I know some great places. <laughs> oh, I'll bet, you, I'll bet you do. I'll bet you do. So we're going to hit you up for our wrap-up wrap question. So are you ready? I hope so. Okay. <laughs> I think you will be. I hope so. It's not very hard. So if you could go back in time, what advice would the 50-ish Dr. Rani give your much younger self? It doesn't have to relate to eye health either, by the way. It can be anything. Anything. Ah, oh, this is a tough one. I would say this, this has nothing to do with health, actually. I would just say it's a general life principle is to take advantage of every opportunity that interests you that comes along the way. Because you never know what doors will open up. Mm. And I can say, you know, looking back at my life, there were things that I didn't do because I was too scared to do them at the yes. time. But now I wish I had done them. Yes. And so I think that's a lesson that I wish I had learned much earlier in life is to take those Take, take those risks and take those opportunities at the moment because you may never be offered that opportunity again. Yes. And I think that we can all relate to yes. that advice because yes. we've all done it. Hindsight is a very oh, yes. helpful thing. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. 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 Everything, but, is, everything is 2020 in hindsight. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> but, the, but the good thing about that advice is that we do tend now to, to take it. We do... Um, implement and action plans now. So hopefully, you know, in 20 to 30 years time, we will be benefiting from the fact that we're not so scared yeah. as we were when we were but younger. You know we're not you know, scared, we... but every now and again, we need to hear that because there's some things that we might not do because we're still mm, considering other yeah. people and its effects and rah, rah. Yeah. So we need to, to be reminded. every now and again, it's like, yes, yeah, stuff. The it. reminder is great. Yeah. Thank you for that. Yeah. I needed to reminding hear that. Us. I needed to hear it too. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. So that's it from us today. Don't forget you can follow us on Instagram at don'tgiver50 and email us at hello at don'tgiver50.com.au. If you've got a moment, leave us or send in a review or suggestions of topics you would like to and know more about. And a five-star rating, please. Please, more <laughs> five-star ratings. And remember our gorgeous 50-ishes, life is for living. Don't give a 50 because we're all 50 and awesome regardless of age and living and ageing is an absolute privilege and just being awesome is our right. Thank you so much. Dr. Thank Rani. you, Dr. Rani. Such that was a awesome. pleasure. Thank you, thank you. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Does that make sense? No. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com.